Hello and welcome to another episode of The Remake Mistake, brought to you by WolfbaneBlooms.com. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at an original horror movie as well as its remake in an effort to answer two questions. First, does the remake stand up to the original? And second, should it have been remade at all? Or was this remake a mistake? Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms. And the autumn moon is bright. I forgot the first rule of remakes, Jill. Don't fuck with the original. Alright, in this episode we're going to be taking a look at my favorite horror movie of all time, The Evil Dead, and its remake, Evil Dead. I am Eric, and with me as always is Mike. Hi. Hey Mike, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, a little note, this is our 12th episode, mm. which means this marks one complete year of the remake mistake. Yeah. We started last December with The Wolfman, and we've made one rotation around the sun. Didn't we do two in December? The well, and... but then we didn't do any in January, so we technically counted. We didn't? Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm disappointed this is the history us. of the remake mistake. Well, we did The Wolfman in early December, and then we jammed in Black Christmas right before Christmas. Black Christmas jam. So, <laughs> so we were counting that as our January episode. Okay. Yeah, it, that sounds like something we'd rationalize. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's, that's definitely uh, our thought process behind that. But anyway, I thought it was nice that we've made one full year of the remake mistake. I wasn't sure we'd make it. So I think as a preface to this episode, I know too much about this for the original movie. I've read several books on it and uh, just spent a lot of time with it. So I'm going to try to not talk about all the things and just focus on the movies as movies. That's usually how I come into some of these podcasts, like Friday the 13th. Sure. Or, or, yeah, where you had watched a 14-hour documentary <laughs> yeah. about it before we started. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I may be uh, butting in with trivia throughout, but no, for the most not. part, I'm going to try to keep this not a, a history lesson on the film itself. Good. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. All right. The Evil Dead. Important to note that it's The Evil Dead. Yeah. Is it? It is. Are you starting with the trivia? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> Did you care? <laughs> Nobody cares. The Evil Dead, 1981, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, well-deserved. Yeah. Landmark horror film, fantastic. $350,000 budget, which I didn't actually know, and that's shocking to me. That is a lot of money for something like that. Right? I mean, they were like 20 when they made this movie. Yeah. And they had $350,000. It's more than what John Carpenter had for Halloween. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Obviously, writer-director Sam Raimi, star Bruce Campbell, along with a handful of others. Um, (laughs) And the rest. And everyone else. So, for these movies, if you've listened to any of our uh, Remake Mistake episodes, um, kind of a running, not even bit, uh, a running sadness is that we don't know any characters' (laughs) names ever. A running regret. Um, So this time I thought it might be nice to kind of start at the top with the characters. Since there are only five characters per movie. These seem like it's more important to know the characters than some of the other. They're not just there to be slaughtered. Right. They have things to do. Some of them. Mm-hmm. So, Evil Dead. Obviously, Bruce Campbell. Ash. Then we have Cheryl, which is Ash's sister. Linda, which is Ash's girlfriend. And then the, the two outliers are Scotty. And then Scotty's girlfriend, Shelly. Mm. And that's it. That's the whole crew for the entire movie. Yeah. And a couple of demons. 
I think the important thing to note about this entire movie um, from like a retrospective look is that, you know, the effects, the, this, the dialogue, the acting, everything's campy and over the top, but it wasn't meant to feel that way in 1981. And it didn't, for the most part, feel like the effects didn't feel that way in 1981. Well, even watching this now, it makes me feel like it's it fits very snugly in place next to things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Day of Dawn of the Dead, which sure. one? Night of the Living Dead. That's sorry, I get the order of those mixed up. Yeah, the original one. Night of the Living Dead, sure. Yeah, where it's very low budget, but it's very effective. Sure. Yeah, I think like especially people who watch the three original movies together, um, the tone of Evil Dead Two particularly, but also the tone of Army of Darkness in, in that Ash's character becomes um, kind of just like a goofball. Uh, that tends to taint people's uh, memory of the original yeah. in that he isn't he isn't this big hero, this like, you know, goofy hero in the original. I mean, he is like he's like just scared out of his mind the entire time. He, he barely does anything. Uh, yeah, he's well. Not- the standout of it. No, I mean, the fact that he he, he falls into the hero role of that movie, it, he doesn't seek it out anywhere during it. Those other actors have bigger and better scenes than him. Yeah, I mean, Scotty actually takes charge and, and does more damage than Ash does. Yeah. But, like I said, that, that shifts in Evil Dead 2 and then especially in Army of Darkness. So I think people's image of Ash in Evil Dead 1 is a little skewed after having seen them all. The Evil Dead... Thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. Very important to note. <laughs> we're just going to talk about both of these movies interchangeably. The only way you're going to know which one we're talking about is by the word the. Oh, then count me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, see, I'm already talking too much about things. Mm. So all you need to know about the beginning of The Evil Dead is that they drive to this cabin in the middle of nowhere, cross over a seemingly dangerous bridge. Um, beams are falling off the bridge as they cross over it Um, and then they get there you know there's some creepiness there's a lot of atmosphere being set up there's Mm -hmm. like the great uh, you know porch swing banging against the front of the cabin Mm -hmm. shot but everything seems pretty cool Um, but then right out of the gate they start getting into the weirdness like they don't they don't need to to like summon anything first yeah because Cheryl, uh, Ash's sister, yeah. is sketching a clock on the wall mm-hmm. when she hears "Join us" being, uh, you know, set Chanted. on the wind. Yeah, and then she loses control of her hand and and starts drawing the Necronomicon. Yes, the Book of the Dead. Control. Yeah, but so the fact that that even happened to her before they find the book, before well, they start reciting the passages, doesn't it start out interchangeably with uh, you know the the camera as the force or whatever we yeah. see that before they do anything yeah too. you kind of see it just looking around well yeah because in the very very beginning when they're driving uh scotty like loses control of the wheel briefly yeah from a demon <laughs> <laughs> that's right till the the cop that pulled me over yeah it was a demon the yeah. demon took the wheel yeah the demon got me drunk and took the wheel mm. <laughs> <laughs> This movie does kind of move along. It's just it's just they an hour and a half, do. right? Yeah, they're both roughly. Yeah. This one's slightly shorter by minutes. 
Yeah. It is interesting, though, they're both almost the same length because the remake feels like it packs a lot more in. It does because they're in the original one, and this is one of my issues. Not issues. One scene, it, it becomes an issue, but people being attacked, like, they're just shots, like, it'll stay on one shot of someone being hurt or screaming or whatever for much longer than need be. In the original. And I think part of that's just to show the effect, but also part of that is to get the effect enough time to work. Sure. So. We will get to these moments for sure, but there are moments during, like, the struggles or the physical, like, fights Mm -hmm. that are, like, really too much okay, like there are there agree. are two or three separate sequences where bruce campbell gets trapped under a bookcase <laughs> like <laughs> to the point where he's completely immobilized <laughs> like a grown man is trapped under like not filled with books even just like a just like an a, empty yeah, plywood couple, like bookcase. rickety pieces of wood <laughs> yeah and he's totally trapped like i they obviously were like okay well we need him to be stuck over here for some reason so that she can approach him and it's like i ah, just there's already a bookcase, a bookcase over there yeah might as well um, all right, so they're they're having dinner. Cellar door bursts open, uh, the the infamous cellar door. Scotty goes down. Ash follows him down, and this is where they find the shotgun, the recorder, the Necronomicon, and the Kandarian dagger. Mm-hmm. Which are dagger all is not even in, is it? In the remake? Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah, they they lose it in favor of. Um, Needles and uh, razor blades. And nail guns. Nail guns. Turkey carvers. Mm. Mm. Turkey grinders. So they're all sitting around and listening to the tape recorder upstairs. And this is the uh, wonderful bit of recorded dialogue where the professor is explaining uh, how he came upon the book and the dagger and how he recited the passages and the demons came, um, which they kind of built all of Evil Dead 2 around this recording. Which is great. Yeah. That's how a sequel should work. Sure. And then they they even use, if you stay through the end of the credits of the remake, they replay the original recording over the end credits, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. It really is a fantastic piece of just like whoever that, I don't know who that guy is, but he did a fantastic job. Dead now. He he might be dead now. I mean, probably. 81? 35 years. He's an old man. 36 years. If you're still out there, pal, let me know. Record my voicemail for me. Um, he starts reading the incantation on the tape like a real piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, so so that mean, anybody who listens to it's screwed. You may not have him record your uh, <laughs> voicemail. The yeah. next thing you say is a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. So as he's uh, reciting the incantation, uh, like... Fog and he's supposed to be a doctor, a yeah, professor, professor, yeah, of, I don't know, demon studies. He should know enough not to be reading this out loud. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Tape recorder, yeah. yeah. Um, there's like fog machines out in the forest. They're going off. Yeah. There's like a red light under a pile of leaves <laughs> that turns on at one point to show that the demons are coming. Then we get what maybe is the stupidest uh, throwaway bit with with. Ash giving Linda, his girlfriend, a magnifying glass necklace. It's so bad. Yeah. The acting in that part is so bad where he <laughs> pretends to be asleep. <laughs> the whole sequence is bad, and it serves no purpose. Um, they were originally going to do more with the magnifying glass necklace. Didn't happen. 
so they shoehorn it in at the very very end which we'll get to but it's really dumb. in a very unrealistic way so dumb we get a, a pov shot of the demon now circling the cabin as everybody's getting ready for bed mm-hmm. he decides he's gonna pick on cheryl yeah she goes outside to investigate she's a very smart lady yeah, goes outside doesn't alone tell anyone else. In her nightgown to check out the demons. And then I have in my notes here, uh, tree rape. Yep. Capital letters. Tree rape. There's not much that needs to be said about it. No. She's... Forest is alive with rape. <laughs> and how. Uh, Sam Raimi has gone on record saying that he regrets <laughs> including that scene in the movie. Although it certainly didn't stop them from doubling down on it. In the remake. Well, it's become an iconic part of this movie. Yeah, it is pretty iconic. Um, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It is important. I don't want to talk about it. She makes it back to the cabin, and uh, she's trying to. She, she's got to get out of there, you know. She's begging Ash to take her home, mm-hmm. or back to town at least. So they try to leave, but the bridge has been mangled. Mm-hmm. So they go back to the cabin. Mm-hmm. And Ash just like is like I'm gonna keep listening to the recorder, so he plays, starts playing the recorder again, and hears about how the only way to defeat the deadite is by bodily dismemberment. Mm-hmm. They're they're the girls are sitting around playing a game where you have to guess the playing card that the other person's holding. Yeah, is that a game that people played in the '80s? It's not a game so much. Well, what I is mean, it? Is that it's fun? Just, it's just a test to see if you're psychic. Is that entertainment? You've seen Ghostbusters, have I? Yeah. It's your favorite horror movie, yeah, you said. Kristen Wiggs, she's great. <laughs> so Cheryl, uh, she just turns into a demon. She turns into a deadite. Yeah. She's floating around, yelling things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she falls into the, onto the floor and yeah. stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil. Yes. Which is incredible. It's the first like real, um, first real like gory scene sequence. Yeah. Other than the tree rape, yeah, I was there's not say, a lot of gore there. It's no, just it's wrapping the first, around her limbs. It's like the first time we see effects done to, sh- yeah, yeah, show gore. Yeah, and it's like it looks very fake as as all the effects in this movie do, but in such like a fantastic way. Like this is the this is a movie that I and probably most horror fans point to when you're having a conversation of like practical effects versus CGI. Like even if a practical effect looks fake. It has, you know, it carries more weight than yeah. CGI that looks fake. Yeah, because it's there. Right. And so, like, she just jams the pencil in her ankle and it's just twisting it around. And it looks like a, you know, a prosthetic ankle, like a rubber ankle. But it's so, it's still so hard to watch. Hmm. Even knowing that it doesn't look, oh, Jesus. My hands are flailing, Mike. Yeah, I'm so excited. Is, yeah. Um, knowing that it doesn't look real, it's still so cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Scotty just kicks her down the cellar. Yeah. And that's where she remains for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, she's chained down there. Not chained down there. Cellar door is chained shut. Chained closed, Don't yes. most have a second entrance into it? Like an cellar? outside, right? Yeah. Like an out- exterior Yeah, the entrance. one that's kind of like a, at an angle. Yeah. I guess this one doesn't. Yeah, just thought. Or she doesn't know where it is. <laughs> she's just sitting on the stairs the whole time. Yeah, the book that lays out the... The structure of the house is laying on top of ash, probably. <laughs> yeah, because at this point he is under a bookcase yeah. again. Um, so Linda's feeling pretty sleepy from getting her ankle stabbed, so yeah. she goes to bed. 
Um, Shelly, who we haven't really talked at all about yet, yeah. Scotty's girlfriend. She uh, she's next. She's in the in the bedroom alone, and the window breaks, and she screams. Mm-hmm. Right, Scotty, just like moseys into investigate. Like Scotty's a dick. Yeah, he's not in a rush at all. He's like, oh, my girlfriend's in there screaming. The window just broke. So after like the slowest search ever for his girlfriend, she gets him in the bathroom and just scratches him in the face, <laughs> kind of scratches his cheek. <clears throat> um, so in retaliation, he throws her into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair I'll have to remember that that's why we don't have fireplaces at my apartment yeah um, after he throws her into the fire he's like ah shit so he pulls her out by the legs um, so she's burned up but she's still alive the first thing she does is throw ash into a bookcase <laughs> <laughs> he's crashed every bookcase yeah. in the cabin I uh, think they might just be throwing him, and he doesn't like books, so sure. he throws himself into the bookcase. Yeah. It's very, like, um, stage acting, too. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. The whole he, movie yeah, is. He, like, throws his body into the bookcase. Yeah. It's great. Um, so she gets done in uh, by Scotty, stabs mm-hmm. her in the back with a dagger, chops her up with the axe, and then they bury the body parts. Yes. So she's done. She's out of the picture. But so Scotty did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ash was under a bookcase the entire time. <laughs> Taking a nap. Yeah, sleeping. He was seepy. Um, Scotty, in a move of brilliance, decides he's just going to walk out into the woods alone because he wants to get out of there. So he walks out into the woods alone. Ash is like, oh, I'll just go check on Linda. So he goes in there, and uh, one of my favorite effects in the movie is the stab wound on her leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Like spider webs, black spider webs out like all over her yeah. leg. Yes. Super cool. Done in like stop motion. So she's a deadite now. Mm-hmm. So all that's left is Ash and Scotty, who <laughs> returns almost immediately to the cabin, <laughs> completely just destroyed. Yeah. Just completely bashed beyond belief. A lot of bookcases out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he doesn't do anything for the rest of the movie. Um, Linda now is Ash's girlfriend, if you'll remember. She's in like weird baby doll demon clown makeup. And she's just taunting Ash, so he just starts smacking the shit out of her. <laughs> she's just really beating the hell from her, which is great. But he decides he can't shoot her. Um, and then in one of like the most subtle sequences, in my opinion, of this movie, um, Linda turns normal in yeah. an attempt to trick Ash, which is a common theme in all the Evil Dead movies, including the remake. Yeah. She turns normal. She's trying to talk to him. And he's, go- he's going for it, right? He's falling for the, the ruse. Mm-hmm. And then Cheryl, the dumb bitch in the <laughs> cellar, also pretends like she's normal now. And the look on Linda's face, like, you're blowing this for me, <laughs> is so good. Like, she, like, just that look of, like, horror that she almost had him. And then Cheryl down in the cellar is blowing this so- ruse. This leads me to a question, which leads me to a couple of other questions, Ugh, or another fun. question. Uh, for instance, how many demons are there? Just one? Or well, I know they get possessed, I mean, but... that's a good question. I think, I assumed it's just like, there's just endless, right? Yeah, I mean, they just possess, so is it part of this demon gets put into Linda or whomever? And then if so, yeah, do they not, are they not on the same... 
obviously mine. Well, yeah, I wave. I think it's di- different demons. I think it's like they're just trying to get as many as possible, and so once one gets in, they're kind of just hmm. you know the the goal is to break as many people out as possible, okay. get as many demons going as possible, as many souls. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I but don't. They know. clearly don't talk to each other. Yeah. Cause... I mean, I don't. I don't know that that's the answer. Hmm. That's just what I assume. Hmm. That's Fair a enough. Good question though. Yeah, they're definitely not on the same wavelength. If Fair given, enough. If this scene alone, Cheryl breaks out of the cellar door. Ash drags Linda outside. He takes her to the tool shed, straps her down to the bench. It's about to chop her up with a chainsaw. Catches a glimpse of the magnifying glass necklace and can't do it. Yeah. He wusses out. So sad. He buries her outside instead. It's <laughs> not, not much better. No. He, uh, she, of course, just immediately rises from the grave because she's not dead. So she just gets out and yeah. uh, scratches the hell out of his leg. Mm-hmm. Which, this is a question that I had earlier as we were watching the remake. My question was, how do they get possessed? Because to this point, it seems like if they like bleed at all or if they come in any contact yeah, then they get possessed. bodily fluid right but he just got his leg scratched to hell and he doesn't get possessed through the rest of the movie i suggested that she stuck her finger in her mouth first mm. he beats her <laughs> beats her with a wooden <laughs> beam with like this clearly like mm-hmm. foam wooden beam yeah it's a good thing he didn't take care of her in the shed yeah he just bashes her for a while and then he chops her head off with a chainsaw not mm-hmm. a chainsaw with a shovel he lobs it off so much more difficult. It doesn't go for anything easy. No. It is amazing, though, how smooth the head is removed by the <laughs> shovel. It just comes off clean. Are we to believe that the blunt force of it knocked it off or the sharpness of the shovel sliced it off? The way they make it seem is that the shovel was so sharp, <laughs> it cut through her neck like butter. Mm-hmm. Like a hot yeah. knife through butter. Yeah. Right through the bone. Yeah. And then... Um, the the headless body is laying on top of Ash and just like spitting blood and guts onto his face and yeah. mouth and eyes. Which that's not the first time we've seen that. No. And certainly won't be the last. <laughs> oh god, no. So much. Yeah. So Ash goes back into the cabin and now Cheryl is outside the cabin. <laughs> 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 and he shoots her in the arm mm-hmm. with a gun. And then she tries to get in, and he bashes her fingers with the back of the gun. And yeah. she's trying to get in the door, which is pretty cool. This is what I mean. There's just a lot of extended sequences of, oh, of yeah. struggling and hitting and stuff. Yeah. And w- there's, like, another extended sequence right here. He goes into the basement to find more shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. And there's long shots of just everything in the cellar bleeding. Yeah. There's a light bulb that fills with blood. The pipes are leaking blood. Uh, a projector down there starts playing, and the slide gets covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's all super cool visually, but like, but there's just a few seconds too long on each. It's, uh, yeah, shot. It, it's just a lot. Um, but if you took out all the things that were just too long about this movie, it would be like a, it would be too short. Yeah, I'm not. It's just sometimes it's a little too much. Is this? I don't know if we've reached this point yet. Go on. But I don't remember who it is. One of the ladies. Get stabbed in the back with something? Yeah, they've been stabbed in the back. Okay. Both of the ladies. And that's that my are dead. least favorite scene of this movie because it's just that machine, t- like, not auto tune, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 
of her just screaming oh uh, yeah for so long yeah it's too much a lot of screaming yeah it's not like it's it, it it's no longer effective at that point it's just turn the volume down and i'll just wait for her mouth to close and turn it back up <laughs> yeah it's like that demon like modulation voice yeah modulation that's what i was looking for cheryl finally gets in ash shoots her in the face <laughs> uh scotty finally who's just been napping on the floor <laughs> awakens as a deadite and ash uh gouges his eyes out with his thumbs which is pretty awesome yeah another good scene yeah so this is the big finale now and this is where the stupid magnifying glass necklace comes into play i did not know you hated this magnifying glass necklace the magnifying so much. glass is, the, is stupid i agree but it, like i said it was originally intended to have a bigger role yeah but anyway ash He's not laying on the ground on the cabin. He sees the Necronomicon. He decides the only way is to throw it in the fire. He, he can't reach it. But if he had something, he could reach it. <laughs> if only there was something chain-like that yeah. he could use to loop around the that book. Would help magnify his chances of getting it. Sick, dude. So <laughs> he, he just very delicately, like with the tips of his fingers, mm-hmm. takes the magnifying glass and kind of hooks it around the book. Meanwhile... And then he pulls this really big, <laughs> heavy book yeah. across, this jagged book across a floor yeah. with a little chain. Meanwhile, this entire time, he's getting beaten with a fire poker. Yeah. Just getting wailed on with a fire poker <laughs> while he's yeah. while he's delicately lassoing this book. He could have easily crawled over. Yeah. But he gets it and he throws it in the fire. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the the big super extended final sequence is of uh, like stop motion clay ish. Yeah, that's another one of those moments. Yeah, of Cheryl and Scotty's bodies, kind of decomposing, I guess. Yeah. So they they go through like several stages. First, like you know, it's all stop motion. It starts to like their skin starts to like melt off down to the bone. And then, when you think it's over, these, like, giant hands burst from their bodies mm-hmm. and are, like, swirling around, grasping at the air. And then there's another, yeah, there's another sequence after that of them decomposing further. There's, like, cockroaches come yeah. out of their bodies. and It's a lot. And that whole thing was shot way after the movie, uh, you know, in a studio. So that was, like, they didn't even know what that was going to be like when they were mm. shooting that sequence. That was something that they did in post, which is interesting. Um, so that's it. They turned to mush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ash steps out into the daylight, and just as he does, we get a point of view demon shot as it tears through the cabin and attacks him. Why is the demon only in this location? I think it's is because, because it's of where the, the book? book. Yeah. Yeah, but it, how far? What's the radius that it's allowed to stray from? I don't know, but does it does it always go towards the book? Where's it coming from? Uh-uh. <laughs> hell? Yeah, I don't think hell's through the woods. The problem is that all of these questions are like rendered pointless by Ash vs. Evil Dead, the television series, because they treat the book completely differently, and they treat the way that it deals with demons completely differently. Mm-hmm. In the TV show, you can summon different demons at different passages, and they do different things. Whereas in the movie series, they kind of just make it seem like you read the passage and this generic, you know, X demon comes yeah. and... Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's one thing. This movie 
from the sequels to the TV show to the remake, it it's just like the base, and they just go off in so many different ways. But all of it, none of the changes or different avenues they go down feel forced or like they don't make sense. Maybe there's some that are better than others, but yeah. I feel like for the most part, it stays pretty true to what it should be. Yeah, and I think that has to probably do with the fact that like the root story is so basic. basic. Yeah, like there's they didn't they didn't like lock themselves into a very specific thing. And I think another reason is that you've always had Sam Raimi involved. Also, keep in mind the fact as we talked about earlier that this was meant to be horrifying. And I I think it even today it stands up better than most of those most of the class, like, give me Halloween. I think this is scarier than Halloween. Sure. There's a lot of movies where I know that they're scary and I can see why they're scary, right. but I'm not scared by them anymore. Mm-hmm. I get that, you know, that nice feeling of tension and what the atmosphere, fear, fear, fear atmosphere, atmosphere brings. Uh-huh. But this one, there are actually moments where it still is very scary because there's a lot of stuff that you don't see. Yeah. Startling. Just, yeah. Yeah. So I think it stands up better than most horror movies. The Evil Dead remake, Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. They dropped the 2013. Okay. This movie was talked about since Army of Darkness. Well, this was supposed to be a sequel? Yeah. I mean, people have been begging Sam for Evil Dead 4 mm-hmm. since Army. And, you know, he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to do it. And then. He didn't. Right, and we got word that instead, in lieu of the Evil Dead 4, we were going to get a remake. Which, this is, I think, of all the movies we've done so far, this is the first one where I felt personally invested in the quality of the remake. Mm-hmm. Most of them I couldn't, you know, I, I obviously remember when they came out. I remember when The Wolfman came out. I remember when Halloween came out. But I didn't care if the remake was good or bad. It didn't affect me. Not even for The Wolfman? I mean... Maybe not to this effect, but I think I think after I think it was good, about... I cared more about it. Hmm. But when we first went and saw it in 2010, Ten. it was like eh. I was hoping it was going to be fine, but okay. I wasn't following the production of it. You know, oh, yeah, I wasn't okay. like who's producing this, who who had a say in the script. You know, gotcha. this movie I was I was watching along. Yeah, and when I heard that you know Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert and Bruce Campbell were in, given their seal of approval and hmm. handpicking the director, I was. I was in. Okay. I was sold. I didn't follow any of that. I did. I mean, I followed what you just said. Sure. I didn't follow the production. Yeah. Um, this has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not remotely as high, that's, but for a horror film. That's higher than I thought it was. Yeah. 61 is very high for a modern horror yeah. film. Um, almost the same runtime, hour and a half. This had um, $17 million budget, so they jumped it by about 16 and three quarter million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Which still isn't that much. Yeah. Um, directed by Fede Alvarez, who hadn't really done much um, prior. He had done a, sh- a short, I think. Um, but since then, he's done Don't Breathe, also with Jane Levy, who's the star of this Evil Dead remake. Um, an interesting thing to note, and that's something that pissed a lot of people off when they announced it, was after the script was written, uh, also written by Fede Alvarez, they hired oh. Diablo Cody mm-hmm. to do rewrites. Diablo Cody uh, did Juno, 
That's a, a weird person to body. choose to do. Right, which is why a lot of people like were pissed off. I don't know about people should be pissed, maybe just yeah. very wary. Remember wary, how diehard wary. these fans are, though. Yeah, including, were you pissed? I appreciate Diablo Cody's ability to write um, um, relatable dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if anything, she's probably just rewriting like stiff dialogue. Got, yeah, which that was the movie. Yeah. So that's that. Um, we'll briefly go through the characters again. There's, again, five characters, but they take on very different roles in this film. Although, as you were going through the first one, I could see how some of these characters not only look like yeah. the, the remake and the other one, they also like have similar fates in terms of not how they die, but how much screen time they get kind sure. of thing. Yeah, I could see that. So in this one, we got the the obvious role reversal of our lead. Well, kind of. It's hard to say. Um, so we don't get the star power of a Bruce Campbell from right the Ash type character. But our hero, our our Bruce Campbell character, is David, who's not not the Bruce Campbell character. It's hard to explain. Yeah, he's he's what you think would be the Bruce Campbell character. Spoiler alert: He's not. He's flat. So we get David, right? Mm-hmm. Our big, big main guy. Mm-hmm. We get Mia, David's sister, who's played by Jane Levy. Yes. And um, Natalie, who's David's girlfriend. And then our two other friends are Olivia and Eric. Yeah. Now and that those names have been said out loud, I hope y'all wrote them down. <laughs> It'll be a so test. We can, so we can return to them later. God, on. if there's a test on names, we fail it first and foremost. Every time. Um but before we get into it, the reason that I wanted to bring up that the original Evil Dead was meant to be so horrifying is because that is what they go for in this remake. They, I think some people expected that the remake would feel fun and campy and over the top because that's how the original looks now. 30 years later, but Hmm. that wasn't how it looked then. And so with this remake, they went for the, for how it was supposed to feel originally. So they went gritty and gruesome and still over the top, but in a really like gross, realistic, gory way. Honestly, never even thought about that. That people, I mean, I guess because you were following it so closely, I just assumed it was going to come out the way it came out where it's supposed to be. I mean, if they were to make a sequel to this one. I yeah. think it would go in the wrong direction to do a comedy right. horror. Yeah. You'd have to play it straight again. Yeah, which I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it, but... No, because the TV series right. took off. All right, so now that I got that out of the way, mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit about what makes this movie different from the original. There's a lot of subtle differences. Yeah. There's a lot of subtle differences, and then major character shift differences so um just with the opening we get uh, a different like almost like story within a story opening of that we see this woman walking through the woods um she gets captured and tied to a post in the basement of the in the cellar of the cabin Mm -hmm. um there's a woman oh like a you know an ethnic woman down there (laughs) i don't know what what is she supposed to be i don't know she's just supposed to be like Wait, are you asking what ethnicity? Yeah. I don't care. No yeah. one cares. Well, she's I'm just saying a woman. she's not just like, she's not, 
everybody else in the scene is just like, oh, here's, might here's just your, be, well, a white family. Here's, hmm. here's a middle-class white family. She might just be... I'm like, I get the feeling that these are like redneck people, hill people. Mm-hmm. You're just one of those. But she's speaking a different language. She's speaking the language of the devil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got the book. Um, they're flipping through the passages of the book, and they're going to burn this girl alive. The girl, at the last second, uh, you know, turns... Well, not she's normal, She, but she's begging her father... Not to do it. And that's how she's the whole time. Where it's right. supposed to be a play on. Oh no! What are they doing to this this poor woman? I don't know. I'm not sure what they were trying to go for here. If they expected audiences to know she's full of shit. I mean, I feel like any knowing it's an Evil Dead movie. Yeah. I assume she's full yeah. of shit. Or if it's going to be like, oh, this is how it started, kind oh. of thing. Oh, well, that's fair. Um. Anyway, right as her father is about to. Light her on fire. She turns into a deadite, and she's screaming at them, and yeah. her father shoots her in the head. The deadites are much prettier in this one. Yeah. They have, like, glowing eyes. Not glowing, but... Like, yellowed. Yeah. In the original, they just have white-out contacts. Yeah, and it, and their makeup is just, like, caveman-esque, grotesque. Yeah, it's, like, really just caked on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the deadites really don't... Um, other than, like, the... The grossnesses they give themselves—they have no personalities. Well, I was gonna say they don't have like they—they um, don't immediately change look, other than the eyes, really. Yeah. But like the the things that happen to their body—they like do to yeah. themselves. Like they're cutting themselves or or messing themselves up. In the original, it's like as soon as they're a deadite, they just like boop, they have bam, all this prosthetic makeup on. Even in the TV show. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. It's not like the body is slowly decaying. No. Yeah, it's just like, boom, they're a deadite now. Yeah, and they have no personalities. Yeah. All right. The setup of this one is different in that Mia, played by Jane Levy, mm -hmm. is a drug addict because her mother has recently died. So she's hooked on drugs. So, hooked on goofballs. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's hooked on drugs. And goofballs. they have taken her to this cabin to... Uh, wean her off of the drugs mm -hmm. so they've invited her brother over to help so her brother comes from chicago Woo. <laughs> we're in chicago yeah. her brother comes from <laughs> <laughs> her brother comes from chicago with his girlfriend they haven't seen each other in a while do you think he knew what was gonna go on what with the drugs yeah <laughs> That, what the intention of this? I hope so. It wasn't uh, just a, hey, let's get together. Let's and, have a barbecue. Yeah. Oh, by the way, your sister's hooked on goofballs. Yeah. To get her off. <laughs> so they come. So that's the setup this time. They're not on just like a weekend vacation. They're there to get her clean. Yeah, huge difference. But that adds Major so difference. much to the plot. It really does. And it really helps. Not that the believability of the first one is bad because it isn't. But it helps the believability of why nobody believes anybody. Yeah, it gives it a stronger foundation. Right. Because any time that Mia starts to say that she's seeing something or feeling something, um, they write it off as an effect of the withdrawal. The cellar door, they find it under a rug. Mm -hmm. Dog. There's a dog in this one. <gasps> there is a dog. Spoiler alert. It dies. <laughs> that dog's going to get it. Oh, yeah. So bad. You don't really see it, but you do kind of see it. You see a body, you see a weapon, and you see someone's face killing it. So I'm going to say we see it. All right, fair enough. You don't see anything go into the dog. So they find the cellar. 
they go down there and find the remains of the opening sequence. So there's like, you know, the charred pole, mm-hmm. a bunch of dead cats. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dead cats. A lot of dead cats. Um, and the book is wrapped this time in barbed wire and... A garbage bag. A garbage bag. <laughs> but also just left on the table. Yeah, because I guess they were in a hurry. Maybe the taxi was waiting outside. <laughs> so they just Why left wouldn't it. they have taken that with them? <laughs> Not even hide it. Just take it with them. I don't know. These throw, weird throw hill people. Yeah. yeah. They just left it in the cabin. They went to all the trouble of wrapping it in barbed wire and covering it in a garbage bag, and then they just left it. Yeah. All right. So they, um, Eric, who is Mike's least favorite character of oh, all time. Oh, because he's so... Okay. The reason he's so bad, he's the uh, Scotty type character. He looks like Scotty, more or less. Like, he's got that Mostly less, but... Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But he's there. He's never in a good mood before even anything starts happening. He's naysaying everything. He's got this very, like, passive-aggressive way of saying anything to anyone. And then he's the whole reason all of this happens. Oh, yeah. It's completely his fault. Yeah. He because opened, of this sequence right yeah, here. Yeah. Because he cuts open the barbed wire. He opens the garbage bag. He opens the book. And the other recipients of this book have painstakingly gone out of their way to give warnings and cross out the words that you're not supposed to read. And he he's like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to listen to any of this. I'm going to go ahead and... Be, he's a, he's also a, a teacher, teacher of yeah. high school students. Right. So he's smarter than everyone. Mm. So he has to get paper and work out the the th- chant or the incantation. The incantation, and yeah. he reads it. He's doing like that thing where he like traces over it with a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah, and, and then he reads everything out loud because he, you know, that's the only way to read things. Well, in a high school class, you have to read out loud. True. And then he screws everything up. Yeah. But the nice thing is he gets it worse than any other character. Oh, without question. So I feel like all of that was intentional. Because if he would have been that shitty of a character and nothing happened to him, I feel like that's just... Because that happens in movies all the time. You hate a character. And they get away And you're not supposed to or something. But I feel like this was... They went in saying, you're supposed to hate this character, but don't worry. (laughs) But don't worry. He's going to get it real bad. Yeah. And boy, does he. Mm-hmm. Some of the hardest scenes to watch in this movie are, are Eric taking it. Yeah. Um, so he reads the passages, of course, and Mia is outside pacing, and she sees a, a deadite outside. She gets spooked, much like Cheryl in the original, and decides she needs to get the hell out of there. Yeah, but her spook is withdrawals from goofballs. From goofballs. She, she takes a car and is just driving away and sees the same demon woman on the road and crashes her car into a, a creek. <laughs> uh, so after she crashes the car into the creek, she gets um, chased through the woods and then tree rape. Yeah. Harder one to watch. Much harder one to watch. Yeah. This one, In this one, though, in addition, well, not in addition to, the tree rape happens while the demon woman is, like, spitting out Throwing up. Throwing up branches out of her mouth. Like a demon branch. And then that demon branch is what enters poor Mia. Yes. Enters her body. Mm-hmm. David finds his dead dog. 
kind of jammed jammed behind a wall yeah david finds a dead dog beaten to death and then we see a little flashback it's like the only flashback in the movie yeah that that feels very out of place i feel like they just wanted to show it that oh no it there's no doubt about it mia killed this dog with a hammer you see mia with a hammer bashing the dog yeah so david goes in to be real mad at her but she's in the shower burning herself to death yeah not to death just burning yeah, she's burning her body with hot and water. And that's an important thing to note in this one, that there's different steps in the book that we learn to bring this just abomination, it's called, up from hell. Because that's the main goal here, not to just collect souls, but to bring this thing to earth. Right, we learn later in the movie, that, a- or maybe right around here, that after five souls are collected, this creature called the abomination will rise. And there's things that have to be done first, like burning of the flesh. Yeah. There are also steps. Once you've been possessed, there are three steps to purify a possessed body. Well, they're not. They're not steps. There's three different ways you can purify a possessed body. That is a live burial, burial, (laughs) bodily dismemberment, and purification by fire. Yeah. That's the worst one. That's why they did that to that girl in the beginning. It's the only way to save her soul. Yeah. Otherwise, her soul would be in hell forever. Yeah. So also, yeah, the book is is much more like an instruction manual in this yeah. one than it is um, just like passages, just like incantations and passages. And yeah, it like it's telling you these are the things that are going to happen. These are the things you can do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Makes more sense. So Mia, the, David try, finally tries to take me up to the hospital now that she's badly, badly Freddy Krueger burned. Mm. Um, but the bridge is out, and as Mike mentioned, the bridge CGI. is just yeah. flooded. Got washed by CGI. <laughs> Got washed away by washed CGI. Away. Um, so they go back to the cabin. What else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Mia gets a gun and shoots David, well, shoots at David, and uh, throws up just <laughs> gallons of blood directly yeah. into Olivia's mouth. Yeah. Um, and there are good moments of... Like, when she comes out with a gun, it's not like she just walks in with a gun. She's slowly walking, dragging the gun. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is the atmosphere. Fear. The atmosphere, atmosphere. of the movie is super spooky and, yeah. and creepy spooky. and just very effective. Yeah. Um, that's why I think part of it, why it feels longer to me, is not only is there more packed in, but they really, like, build those scenes. Yeah. Like, in the original. It's very masterfully done. Yeah. There's no, like, building of that kind of tension in the original it's just like these things happen in this order yeah which you know it works both ways um so they get her in the cellar finally so mia's in the cellar yeah she throws up and then they just roll her into the cellar <laughs> she falls down all those yeah. how did none of those stairs break they're also cr- you know yeah. crickety i don't know yeah. crickety <laughs> Yeah, crickety stairs. Um, this is also the first time that Eric proposes, perhaps it isn't drugs. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps it's witchcraft. Well, Eric's the one who thought, oh, you know what, I may have done that. Well, he doesn't say he did it Yeah, he's yet. thinking it, though. He's like, oh, this is probably stupid with all those dead cats, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, David at one point is like, what if those dead cats just had a disease? Yeah. And he's like, what kind of disease, you idiot? Yeah, makes a person <laughs> cut their face off. Yeah. Speaking of cutting faces off, Olivia, who's now had gallons of, of blood thrown up into her mouth, um, goes into the bathroom to get some more sedative uh, for Mia. And she gets fully possessed while in the bathroom. Um, 
Eric goes in to find her in the shower. Just this pretty famous shot from the trailer of her cutting uh, from her mouth to the to her ear, basically. Yeah, choking with a, herself. With a piece of glass. <laughs> and then Eric, the comic relief of the movie, <laughs> s- slips on a piece of cheek yeah. that is on the ground and s- s- I can't even slams his lower back into the toilet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then she approaches him with a needle in one of the harder scenes for me to watch and stabs him like a thousand times in the chest and face. No, and she eye. stabs him. Because what happens first is when she's cleaning herself and getting, she opens the uh, medicine cabinet. Thank you. And then it slowly closes, and you see her. You see the demon her in the mirror, and it shatters. So she uses that glass to stab him. But then she also stabs him with a needle. Yeah, but then she goes for the eye with the needle. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing for you to see. Yeah, I have no problems with some of these scenes. I mean, they're not great to look at, but there's only one that I have to not look at. So after he gets stabbed a thousand times, he bashes her to death with a a broken piece of sink. Meanwhile, Natalie, the most pointless character in the entire film, who exists for no reason other than to be killed. Yeah. um, She is, if you may remember from your notes, uh, she is David's girlfriend who doesn't know any of these people. And perfect Probably, time to show up. Yeah, has no reason to be at such a traumatic event. If I were going through withdrawal, I don't think I would want... You'd want your, your brother's girlfriend that you've never met before yeah. hanging out? Yeah, I just want more goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's there, and now the cellar door is wide open, and Mia tricks her into going down there. Um, she bites her in the hand. And then in probably the other famous scene from the trailer. And this is the one I can't watch. She opens up a, a razor blade, like a work knife, and just licks the entire blade. Splitting her tongue in twain. Which they did do that <laughs> they did do that kind of in the original when I don't remember who it is. What's the his girlfriend's name, I think? His girlfriend is Linda. Yeah, after she stabs him with the dagger, oh, she yeah, takes she it out and it. she licks it. But she licks it kind of like placing her tongue on it and then taking it off and placing it slightly lower. Yeah. Like she's not licking it. Right. And that makes me think, that might be a real knife. Oh, it probably was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they have prop or, knives. Yeah, as this one, it's just her licking straight right. laser, blade. Razor blade. laser blade. <laughs> laser blade. Laser blade. Laser blade. <laughs> What a futuristic hero. Yep. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> um, so Eric is trying to burn the book, but it won't burn, which is ironic because that's the only way to destroy it in the original. And I think that's there to show that fans of the original that this isn't going to go how you think it's going to go from here out. Yeah. So Natalie's in the kitchen washing her bitten hand, and uh, it turns It turns on her. Yeah, it starts doing that spidery thing, except much Better. It's all bubbly and and wet. It's dying. Looking. Yeah. It's decaying, real bad. So she she makes the the executive decision to lob it off with a with a meat carver. Yep, turkey carver from earlier. Gives thanks and cuts it off. Uh huh. Um, but you know, it just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says she felt felt better. Yeah. So armless now, she gets a hold of a one arm. Yeah. Less. One arm less, one arm down. She gets a hold of a nail gun, and ooh, she goes to town with that thing. <laughs> yeah, she gets David in the leg thrice, and gets <laughs> gets Eric about a hundred and fifteen times. I don't know how many uh, 
nails her in a nail gun. Yeah, the rest yeah. <laughs> go into Eric, into every part of his body. Yeah, his chest, his hands, his legs. It's very, his, very... And his face, though. Very, very difficult to watch. Then she gets a hold of a crowbar and starts going to town with the crowbar, and... Eric puts his hand up to protect himself, and oh, she Lord. like crowbars. Well, no, first she goes after hand. David with the crowbar. Yeah, and the only time Eric gets really anything, well, besides the the sink, he shoots her with a bunch of nails, and that's when he gets crowbar. He gets crowbar so bad, just the whole hand just splits, like the inside of his hand splits. Yeah, it's really, really gruesome. Um, but then David is able to get a hold of the gun, and he shoots her other arm off. After Eric takes a more significant beating yeah. in the face, yeah. about the face and head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So now, down both of her arms, um, she is she's purified. Wouldn't she have been purified after cutting the first one off? Maybe it takes two, baby. And then she, and now that she's purified, she just bleeds out because she's missing both of her arms. R.I.P. At least so she wasn't long, raped by a forest. True. She did. Unless the forest went back later. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, David decides he's going to burn the cabin down. It's the only way. But he After hears, taking some convincing. Yeah, he hears Mia in the cellar singing a lullaby. A horrible lullaby. Yeah, not a great lullaby. We heard it earlier when she said, you remember, I think it was something like, and then recites it exactly. <laughs> and word then, for word. And it's yeah. just... Badly written. Uh, all right, so he decides he can't do it. He's going to bury her instead. He comes up with a plan. Comes up with a master plan. After working in Chicago in an automotive shop. Automotive. 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 Yeah, it's a little <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Slightly different. The shop itself is automatic. Right. <laughs> so he hatches a plan, heads down to the cellar, but she gets him, attacks him, tries to drown him. Eric shows up and saves the day, and then immediately dies. <laughs> and then, well... We think he we dies. We think he dies. He sits down. And then, because <laughs> they're in the cellar that's flooded for some reason. And Dan, I said Dan, <laughs> David yes. did that before. David takes him after he thinks he's dead and just lays him face down in the water and he floats away. Yeah. So what if he had just like passed out from the pain? Because he had had his fair share. So now he's drowned. Whether yeah. or not he was dead, we, he's yeah, drowned. We're going to take it that David killed Eric. Yeah. So... Uh, David is now outside. It's just David and Mia left. He's burying Mia. She comes, she fakes being normal again, as mm -hmm. is the deadite custom at this doesn't point. Doesn't even, doesn't even believe it for a second. No. So and it really annoys her. <laughs> yeah. So he buries her alive. He waits a couple minutes. You hear like we there's like a heartbeat sound effect happening. Mm -hmm. the heartbeat sound effect stops. Don't tell heart. He's like. <gasps> <laughs> he doesn't. He, he looks up. He's and not goes, excited like it's Christmas morning. He looks towards the sky and says, <gasps> <laughs> "So he goes <gasps> and then digs her back up and tries to bring her back to life with his uh, mechanism that he built with like a car battery and a syringe, basically a defibrillator. Defibrillator. She comes back to life. She's totally fine. Everyone's happy. Brother and sister reunited. Mm -hmm. They're gonna." Drive off into the sunset. However, but wait, I need my wait, keys. More, he goes back in the cabin for his keys, and Eric is still alive. Well, he's a deadite now. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> think that's alive. He's, his body is alive. Stabs him in the neck. Uh, David locks them 
locks Mia out, basically, locks them in the cabin together and, and blows it up. Shoots the gasoline can with a gun. Yeah, kaboom. Kabang. Kablam. So now is where... Um, it doesn't resemble the, right. the original whatsoever. No. But also now is we've got that complete reversal. So up until this point, Mia, right, first possessed, uh, down in the cellar the entire movie, she was our Cheryl character. She was following the cues of Cheryl the entire way, and David was following the cues of Ash, Bruce Campbell, the entire way. Now, from this point on, there's like a complete swap to where Mia becomes our main character, our mm-hmm. hero. Um, Mia's outside the cabin, obviously. I'm going to power through this ending. It starts raining blood. Mm-hmm. The abomination rises from the ground in the form of a, a woman. Um, Mia mm-hmm. runs into the tool shed, grabs a chainsaw. She's hiding in the wall. Where the dead dog was found. Yeah, in in like a crack. (coughs) And another hard sequence for me to watch, the abomination is jamming a machete through the wall and just slicing various parts of Mia's body. Can I say right here? Please. This abomination is not very threatening in terms of what you think it should be. Yeah, I agree. Kind of weak. It's, yeah, it's extremely weak. At one point, it's just crawling around. Well, it's legless at that point. Yeah, it, also. yeah, it's losing one leg. It's an abomination. It should be able to do something. This is what all the deadites have been trying to do. True. Yeah, the abomination isn't isn't. Uh, Thank very God tough. the deadites are no longer around to see this. <laughs> They'd be so ashamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have we been doing with our lives? And the whole time, it's raining blood during this. Oh yeah. So she's just covered. Buckets and buckets blood. of blood. Yes. Mia makes it back out of the tool shed, hides under the Jeep, and cuts off the Abomination's leg with a chainsaw. Um, As she's crawling out from under the Jeep, the Abomination flips the Jeep over using just its pinky finger. (laughs) The Abomination's a a wrestler. So strong. And uh, it, it crushes Mia's hand under the truck. So Mia is forced to, just using brute strength, pull her hand off i guess yeah it's pretty gross yeah it doesn't make much sense no it's gross i think that's i mean if i pull my hand hard enough it doesn't fall off final sequence she just chainsaws the abomination in half yeah right in its face right in its face jams it right down its face blood rain stops sun appears through the trees the necronomicon laying on the ground flips closed the end yeah. That's it, man. And then we get a little uh, cameo of Bruce Campbell at the very end. Yeah, he uh, after the after all of the credits, he his silhouetted face says groovy. Yeah. Which is great. Originally there was intended to be a sequence at the very end where she's Mia is walking down the road in the in the morning and uh, she gets picked up by a truck driver who happens to be Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. as Ash. But I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. It would have added some difficulty to a shared universe type thing. To the TV show? Yeah. Making them exist on the same... Yeah. In the same universe. Yeah. Although this one wouldn't just be that weird movie sticking out from the rest. Right. I don't know. Anyway, that's it, man. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Very, Very different movies while also being the exact same movie. I think... If, is, if anything, of all the movies we've done on this podcast, th- this is the one that's 
strayed the furthest and yet remained closely yeah. resembled. This is how a remake should be. Yeah, I, I think is... that's a great way to put it. It didn't it didn't follow note for note, and it also didn't completely rewrite the story from scratch, rendering yeah. it basically useless as a remake. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very uh I don't know, it's it keeps the tone very well and it it takes what was shocking with the first one and does the same kind of stuff to make it shocking again. Yeah. I mean, very well done. It's very well done. I uh, I have I've, I've had mixed feelings about this remake over the years. Um, when we first saw it in the theater, I, I just absolutely adored it. Like, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing it a second time, a couple, not even, I don't even know if it was years later, but it was time removed from the original. Um, didn't have a strong of a reaction to it. I thought, um, well, I just felt like it was more unnecessary the second time that I had seen it. It's because the first, the original time you saw the remake, you had built it up sure. with such anticipation. Yeah. And it met your expectations that you saw it again. It's just, but it wasn't anything, I don't think it's anything truly special. Yeah. I mean, I think now, I just just watched it just before we recorded this, and I think this time, having watched it, I've come to the realization that um, it's the most I've, I enjoy a movie that I don't enjoy watching. Like, yeah. there's... Yeah, you were not looking forward to watching it. No, and there are, like, those sequences, those, like, I, I truly don't like gory movies, and it's one of the reasons I like the Evil Dead movies is because they're gory. In a cartoonish um, way? In, a, in like a campy way, in an over-the-top way. And so I think the fact that this remake takes that gore so realistic and so, um, yeah, I mean, realistic is the way to say it. So just there it is in front of you. Yeah, it's very It's not something that I like. It's not something that I find enjoyable. But because it has that Evil Dead, it ha- because it is an Evil Dead movie, like there's a part of my soul that has to love it. Well, that's how you... I remember when... Because we saw this in theaters together. You were not looking... You were extremely excited, but you were also very scared. It was like you were going in for a surgery that was going to change your life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I knew what I was getting into, and I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it, but I also knew that I was, if that makes any sense. Um, So that's kind of how I still feel about it now. Yeah. I love it because of what it is but at the same time i don't find it super enjoyable to watch because of what it is yeah you want to look at the questions yeah first question does the remake stand up to the original i'll let you answer first oh. all right well how nice of you oh, you love these movies um i think it does absolutely i think it it takes what the original intended to be and what um the vision that sam raimi had for the original and I think it, it fulfills it for a, for a modern-day audience. It fulfills it for 2013. Um, so I think it absolutely stands up to the original. I think the, the question will be in 30 years, in 40 years, will it be looked at as fondly as, as the Evil Dead? And I think the answer to that is probably no. But in 2017, I think it does. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it, I think that when people are making a remake or maybe just horror look to this one to see exactly how to do it to hit the beats you need to hit to hit the the moments that are going to get fans real excited but it doesn't you know take away it doesn't take you out of that moment Mm -hmm. yeah i mean one thing that we didn't mention is that there are several lines of dialogue in the remake that are taken directly from the original yeah um and you notice them because they're obvious lines if you're a fan you notice the line but it doesn't 
like you said, it doesn't pull you from it. Like, oh, you're not rolling your eyes like, well, they shoehorned that line in. And it's not, none of the little nods to the audience are in there as, it's not meta. Right. And yeah. that's the problem it's, where a lot of things happen. Yeah, where the, they're very naturally written into the story. Yeah. Which is nice. Where if you had never seen, if you didn't even know of the original's existence, yeah, you would be excited. The only time that that happens is that post-credit scene with right. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, and at and that that's, point, that's fan service. If you're sticking if, through, it's at great that point, because you want to yeah. see him. Yeah, you want to see him in any movie. That's how every movie should end, which is <laughs> just Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would watch that <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, second last question: Should the Evil Dead have been remade at all? I think so. You do because I think it needed to be updated with proper effects. Sure, that's fair. Because it was so cheaply made, it needed that update to to give not the movie but the story its just dues. Right, and the problem with some the the counter to that might be well then they should have just done Evil Dead Four. But the problem with that is that the story, as we talked about through Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, has gone so far off course, Mm -hmm. you would never get a serious horror movie out of Evil Dead 4. You'd get what Ash vs. Evil Dead has become, which is this really fun, fan-service-y, over-the-top... Yeah, you get get a great mix of comedy and some really horrific things, but Bruce Campbell can't be Ash without being... Yeah, he could never Bruce go Campbell. back to that Ash. He could never yeah. go back to the original, just like scared, doe-eyed yeah. Ash. And I think it's a an age thing too. Oh sure. Not Bruce Campbell being, you know, yeah. that he's old. Just that you need someone young. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to say that. Like, hell yeah, it should have been remade because I I don't really feel that. But I think um, it was gonna happen, obviously, and. All you know, all good things must be remade. At, so says the law of Hollywood. Nope. <laughs> well, obviously, but no. they're gonna be, yeah. whether you like it or not. There are some that will never be touched and should never be touched. <laughs> at least, hopefully, in our lifetime. Wouldn't say never. So uh, I think that it, since it That's was gonna true. be remade, I think this was the best possible outcome for the remake. Yeah, this I is... can't think of a way they could have remade <laughs> the Evil Dead better than this. That's the Evil Dead. Uh, you can check us out at wolfbaneblooms.com. All sorts of good uh, editorials, lists, quizzes. We got a few other. Um, we got another podcast up there, our sister podcast, Another Night at Camp Blood, which is great. So check that out. Uh, you can also uh, find this podcast on uh, iTunes or Google Play or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, if you enjoyed it, give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>